Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, March 15th. Today on the show, the Vols are a five seed, but got an unlucky draw in the NCAA tournament. Mike Herndon of Broadway Sports Media will teach us all how NFL contracts work and what on earth are the Preds waiting for. But we begin with what we learned from the SEC tournament. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally owned, custom home and remodeling firm. Go look at the website, buildkg.com. I really don't have to say anything else. Just go to the website, buildkg.com. I've told you about the process. I've told you about alignment, how they want their process and your vision to be aligned so that we can get to the finish line without any surprises. And the vision for your home comes to life, right? It's You're happy there. You're proud there. And of course, it appreciates in value and makes you a little money as well. Just go to the website. Don't take my word for it. Go to the website, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Alabama beat LSU in a truly enjoyable and worthy SEC tournament championship game on Sunday. It was the first appearance by the Crimson Tide in the SEC Tournament Final since 2002 and the first tournament banner that they've won since 1991. The game was everything you could possibly want from a March matchup as LSU missed what would have been a game-winning putback as time expired in the 80-79 Final. Along the way, the Tide beat Tennessee in one of the more entertaining and hard-fought games of the entire season in the semifinal on Saturday. Alabama was too much for everyone and used a 14-0 second-half run to make a huge comeback and finally beat the Vols. The officials might have also helped a little bit, but whatever. Make no mistake, Alabama was the best team in the SEC this season across the board, winning both the regular season and tournament championships. Alabama, as a reminder, is coached by Nate Oates, who of course was hired to be the head coach at Buffalo by Tennessee Athletic Director Danny White, got a two-seed in the NCAA tournament as the highest-seeded SEC team. They will face Iona in the 2-15 matchup in the East Regional. The committee ranked Alabama as the number five overall team in the entire tournament and the top two-seed. You know, finally some good news for the University of Alabama. Arkansas is a three-seed in the South Region and will face Colgate in the first round. Florida is a seven-seed in the South Region as well and will face Virginia Tech. LSU is an eight seed in the East region and will face St. Bonaventure in the first round. Missouri is a nine seed in the West region and will face Oklahoma. Gonzaga is the nation's top seed and the overwhelming favorite to win it all. Which brings us to Tennessee. The Vols are a five seed in the Midwest region and will face Oregon State in the always terrifying 5-12 matchup. UT's first weekend pod will be played on Friday and Sunday. More on this matchup in just a second. Nationally, Tennessee was ranked as the 19th overall team in the NCAA tournament. The top four seeds in the Vols region are number one seeded and Big Ten tourney champ Illinois, second seeded Houston, and third seeded West Virginia. Most importantly, Oklahoma State and future NBA player Cade Cunningham are the four seed in the region and the potential likely second round matchup for Tennessee. The most important thing to come out of the weekend, however, for Vols fans, aside from learning that Omar Payne has no issue playing dirty, is that we got to see Tennessee's potential. After beating Florida in the final regular season game with a strong second half showing, the Vols glided past the Gators in the rematch in the SEC quarterfinals and responded to the dirty elbow that cost John Fulkerson a chance to play against Alabama. Tennessee was every bit the equal of a team that was clearly the best in the SEC this year and is the number five overall team in the country according to the committee. The trio of games, despite featuring a loss and giving up a second-half lead, showed some mental toughness and is one of the better weeks of basketball we've seen from Rick Barnes' bunch in quite some time. This is potentially huge news for Big Orange Nation. 
if the Vols can take that fire, that focus, and that consistency and use it to their advantage in the NCAA tournament, well, this team, as we've said all along, has a lot of tourney upside. But those are a lot of ifs, especially when facing a team as hot and as motivated as Oregon State. This is only the second time the Beavers have made the NCAA tournament in 31 years. They have not won a tournament game in 39 years, and they are playing their best basketball at the best possible time. So they're a hot team and a motivated team. Super. Oregon State is just 17-12 and 12 this year, but ran through the Pac-12 tournament to clinch the automatic berth. The win over a ranked Colorado team in the conference championship game was their sixth win in seven games, and in those six games, the Beavers have had six different leading scorers. The bottom line is that Tennessee is the better team. They have more talent, and they've played a tougher schedule. If the Vols play up to their potential, show us that fight they played with last week, this team should win on Friday and should have a great chance to advance to the second weekend, regardless of who they might face in the second round. If they don't show up, stand around on offense, and ball watch on defense, then Oregon State will send them home in one try. So there seems to be some confusion about the Titans' contracts, what it means to restructure a contract, why would players or teams do this, and what does it mean for the franchise in both the short and long term? Basically, people don't seem to be fully grasping what it all means. We had Mike Herndon of the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media on this show, checks the calendar, over a month ago on February 9th to be exact. And he not only did a brilliant job explaining exactly what restructuring a contract means, why an NFL team and a player would do it in the first place, but also nailed who would be cut by the team. I asked him how the Titans could create some cap space over a month ago. So let's listen to his answer from that show while Mike takes a long, slow, savory victory lap. The one thing that I think everybody always kind of jumps to first is cutting players. You know, there, there's Malcolm Butler, there's uh, Adam Humphreys, there's Kenny Vaccaro, who are all kind of cut candidates if they wanted to, to shave a few million here or there. But, you know, that obviously creates an, an additional hole in the roster. The bigger numbers really are available through restructures. So this is a, a mechanism in the cap that, that teams like the Eagles and Saints have used for years and years and years to kind of kick the can down the road. And, and in general, it's used by teams that are in a what they consider a Super Bowl window and want to maximize that window while they've got it and know that they're going to have to at some point probably blow things up down the road. Now, this year's a little bit different with the cap going in reverse and declining a little bit. A lot of teams, I think, are going to be doing this and trying to kick cap hits down to 2022, 2023. So what the Titans can do basically is, is we'll take Derrick Henry's contract, for example, because it's nice, even round numbers. He's got a $10.5 million salary for the 2021 season. That salary plus his signing bonus makes up his his cap hit. $3 million per year is his cap charge for his signing bonus. You can't do anything about that. That's money spent. It's locked in, done. But his salary can be adjusted and converted into a roster bonus. So that number is about a million dollars for Derrick Henry. If they wanted to take his salary all the way down to a million dollars and turn the rest of it into a roster bonus, they can take that roster bonus money and spread it over the final three years of his deal. So basically, your cap charge for Derrick Henry would go from $13.5 million total to about $7.1 million total. So you're getting about $6 million right off the top. And that's a deal that Henry's going to be willing to make because it puts cash in his pocket right away. He's now waiting on game checks. He's getting $10 million in a check right now it's a deal that's a win for him it's a deal that's a win for the team the only downside really is that his cap charge in 2022 2023 goes up but you expect the cap to go up with it so it, it creates some wiggle room 
So they can do that with a few different pieces. Yeah, and, and they've got a lot of low-hanging fruit, basically, as far as restructures go. Ryan Tannehill's contract, Taylor Lewan's contract, Roger Saffold's contract, all of those are really good deals with very little guaranteed money left on them that it's going to be easy for them to approach those guys and say, look, we want to restructure. We're not taking any money away from you. We're just converting it so that we can go out and get better players and maximize their championship hopes for, for 2021. So there you go, folks. Not only does he do a great job of explaining why it's a smart move for both sides of the deal and pinpointed the perfect contracts to target with this strategy, but he also nailed all three guys who would be cut. This is why you listen to the 440 every single morning. Because if you had, then you would have already known all of this stuff over a month ago. It's also why you should be listening to Mike's podcast, Football and Other F-Words, from our partners at Broadway Sports Media. Now, John Robinson, go get some cap space from Roger Saffold, who's already tweeted that he'd be willing to do this, Taylor Lewan, Ryan Tannehill, and Derrick Henry as well. Then go re-sign Jonu Smith, Jayon Brown, and maybe even Corey Davis, and then go get your pass rusher and cornerback in free agency. The legal tampering period begins on, well, will you look at that, Monday, today. And free agency officially opens this Wednesday, March 17th. I would expect it to be an even busier week for Titans news this week than it was last. The Nashville Predators lost 6-3 on Saturday night to the defending cup champs, Tampa. It was the Preds' sixth loss in seven games and was the fourth time in that span that Nashville allowed at least five goals. Nashville is 29th in goals per game, 28th in goals allowed per game. They are dead last in penalty kill at an atrocious 67%. They are only mildly better on the power play at 20th in the NHL and are 27th in save percentage. Basically, this team can't score, can't play defense, aren't getting good goaltending, and are historically bad on special teams. Again, for those in the back, what are you waiting for? Many of you are calling for David Poyle to be fired, John Hines to be fired, and I get it. Changes will be made, there is no question. But Poyle is a unique case, and the timing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Unless you have the guy, long-term, already pinpointed to come in and take this job just weeks before the trade deadline in a pandemic-shortened season, all of which seems extremely unlikely but I suppose is possible, then firing Poyle is only going to make the rebuild more difficult, not less. At least call in his expertise to undertake the sell-off and direct him to acquire as many assets as possible, which again should be happening right now. There is nothing left to see. Yossi, Ellis, Saros, Duchesne, and Cunnan aren't going to magically heal up, and this team isn't going to magically become good enough to win in the playoffs. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to be held accountable. I'm fine with that risk. But as I see it, you've got a lot of movable pieces that only hold their value for a few more weeks. You need to capitalize on that value right now. Again, 501, what are you waiting for? Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And, and please share it. Just tell one person about this product if you like it. Do me a huge favor and just tell somebody about it. Hey, look, if you want to be up to date on national sports in less than 10 minutes, just just tell somebody about the show. We, we do appreciate it. That's how it grows, and that's how we get to keep doing it for you. The 440, of course, is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm for all of your remodeling needs to make your home a happy place, something you're proud of. And oh, by the way, if you want to make a little money on your property as well, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. The work speaks for itself. Go to the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The Kingston Group. What's the website again? Buildkg.com. 
The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.